and gentlemen, this is chapter 7, and today's date is Tuesday, January 28, 2020. My name is Manny. And my name is Brandon. And together we are The Nerd Lot. All right, guys. Brandon, what are we going to talk about today? We are talking about The Sandlot. Which is our namesake. Yeah, we actually, when we were trying to come up with a name for The Nerd Lot, we were running ideas down. We're like, oh, well, we really like The Sandlot. And it's like, well, what about The Nerd Lot? And we're like... Do we just do this? Yeah. We did. This is it. It just fits. I, it fits. I mean, like, the reason, uh, honestly, I re- the reason that I said, like, we got to do the Nerd Lot, which is, like, take on the Sandlot, because I feel like this movie did a lot to kind of, like, influence my, you know, very influential years, I guess, you know? Oh, yeah. And not so, just that. Like, he, this guy lives in the San Fernando Valley, which is where I was born and raised. So, Well, they never really said that, that it was San Fernando Valley. True, However, they said true. it was the summer of 62 or whatever. Summer and, 62. And, and they right. said the valley. But we all know the valley. Come on. It's, it's the, the San Fernando it's, Valley. It's My valley. wife and I, we always have this back and forth about She's like, well, this is the San Gabriel Valley. I'm like, no. Nobody refers to the San Gabriel the Valley as the valley. You're like, even people in Simi Valley. And I'm like, Santa Clarita Valley. She's like, no. No. The Valley. The Valley is the San Fernando Valley. It's the Valley. And right. if you're in Los Angeles, if you say, oh, I'm going to head to the Valley, nobody thinks, you going to San Gabriel? <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, so like as I mentioned, we're going to go ahead and talk about the movie uh, The Sandlot, which was released back in 1993, directed by David Mickey Evans. And right here, I'm basing it off of imdb.com. It says, in the summer of 1962, a new kid... In town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and is his rowdy team, resulting in many adventures. That is quite a like very vague synopsis of what this movie really is. Because the movie is very episodic, right? Oh, yeah. It's almost like they, they start off with the fact that this kid can't play ball. They take him At in. All. His name's Smalls, right? Smalls. Now, Smalls is uh, played by uh, Tom Guerry. Uh, he's Scotty Smalls, right? And, uh, you know, he's a new kid in the Valley, and uh, he makes friends with this new kid, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Now, Benny the Jet, he's like a baseball prodigy. That's right. He's like the best baseball player, and everybody knows it. Yep. Best part is, and the other thing, the other reason that this movie gave us a hint that is the San Fernando Valley is because Benny the Jet wears a Dodger cap, which, by the way, I'm wearing one right now. Yes, you are. Yeah. So, it takes place. So, he takes them in, and the Sandlot, what is a Sandlot? Like, the specific Sandlot's like an, like an empty yard or lot that is in a neighborhood, um, in, at least in the 60s. And I'm sure that you see a lot of vacant lots around if you live in the Valley today, or at least in Los Angeles. However, you don't see a lot of, like, just baseball fields, but usually boarded off. But these kids, you know, it's just a dirt patch that they've made into a baseball field, essentially. We keep saying that this is the Valley. You know, I was maybe a few years back when I realized this movie was actually filmed in Utah. Oh, what? It was filmed in Utah. Damn, how about that? I didn't yeah. know that. So technically, even though you look at this movie and it looks like it's like like Granada Hills or something like that, right? So um, Granada Hills, if you Google, Google map it, all right? If you know where Granada Hills is, that's exactly where it is. Why don't you give me a, just in recollection, quick memories, your first impression of watching this movie? A couple of things. Um, what's his name? Hampton was great. Is that his name? Ham? Ham. Yeah, I called him Hampton, like the uh, Looney Tunes character. Ham was great. Um, Yeah, Hamilton. His name was Hamilton. Hamilton. Ham Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, Ton of freckles. Reminded me of my little brother. Me and my brother also had freckles, so it was just a character we immediately related to. We love baseball, so that was one thing that this movie just spoke to us because it spoke to me. Love baseball growing up. 
and it's a bunch of kids who are playing baseball in 1993. So I was eight years old when this movie came out. I was 12. I was 12 so, years old, right? So it's like preteen, I yeah. guess. I'm a, I was a tween. Yeah, you're a tween. <laughs> yeah, a tween. I, didn't have, I didn't have Twilight, but I had the Sandlot. <laughs> All right, first memory of watching the Sandlot. Man, I, you know, uh, in the early 90s, we had no internet. We had nothing. Like, nothing. It was just entertainment was just music and movies, comic books, right? And baseball was still big with us. We, it was still the area when we would actually go outside, find other kids to play with. And yes. and the fact that this kid, the main character in this movie, because we didn't get that many kids, at least for me, his last name was Rodriguez, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, right? Benjamin. That's Flinger true. The whole different thing. And and it was like, oh god, my god, the best person and the best athlete in this movie is a Hispanic kid from the valley, and it very relatable to me. I'm like, I, I, up up until then, like the only time we saw Hispanic characters in movies was like the Milagro Greenfield War, or <laughs> your, or they were like gangsters, like La Emma and yeah, American true, Me or something true, like true. that, right? So for us, it was a big deal because. One, I grew up in a very uh, a family that really loves baseball. Baseball is almost like religion to us, especially Dodger. And, and so, like, you know, everything about this movie, it just spoke to me, right? And it was fine and all that. And at the time, I was very much into oldies, anything from the late 50s, early 60s. And so everything about this, it was just, like, encompassed. And it just felt like this movie was just speaking to me. And I would get lost in it just watching it. That's really awesome. I, n- I never thought about the... Um the correlation between you as a, a young man and or as a young Latino man and Benny the Jet Rodriguez. So that's really dope. You know, that's yeah. why I like having conversation with people because, you know, as a young white kid, I, I, I didn't see that. And, you know, maybe that's how my son will see it as a half Mexican, half white dude um, growing up in the world. So that's I'm glad you said that because that's really dope. Yeah. So that, that's what that movie was to me at the very, very beginning. And, uh, you know, there is a team. This is a baseball team of kids. They're not an official team. They're just kids get together. No, and it's like a neighborhood baseball, team. Right? Neighborhood team, right? But you kids that got together and they've been playing for a long time. And these kids have it down, right? They live, they drink, they, they breathe baseball. That's it. There was like no winners, no losers. Like it's just them. They're just Benny hitting home runs. Benny hitting home runs. But that doesn't mean that the rest of the kids in the team weren't good. They were all really, really good. So we had a, a very a big slew of characters, right? Like you know, we had uh, Benny the Jet. We had Scotty. We had Ham. We had Squints. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, yeah, yeah. Kenny DeNunez. Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah they we had brothers. we had a bunch of other guys. Right? Bertram, Bertram, what was his name? Um, and most importantly, we had Beast and James Earl Jones. Beast and James Earl Jones, right? Okay, so just to kind of give you an idea of like how the story plays out. Forever. Right? Forever. Right? You want a s'more? S'more what? S'more what? Sorry, I was no, drinking. Do you want a s'more? Like, I know. I know. How can I have some something more? Like if I have Cla- a classic. You're killing me, small. So many, so many yeah. classic um, <coughs> lines, and I'm sure we'll go through the one-liners. But this movie, the "You're killing me, small" is something I say to my brothers all the time. The s'mores thing, I still say to this day, and I'm 34 years old, so it's like these things are just implanted in my brain now. So yeah, so we have like these all these characters, and and there's enough for like all, every at least boy in watching this movie could relate to every girl. That I knew, every twelve-year-old girl had a huge crush on Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Yeah. So girls would watch this movie as well. So it was something. Even though like the main characters were all boys, ew, girls. There were, actually, there were no girls in this movie. There was like the Scotty's mom and Wendy Peppercorn. That's it. That was the only female speaking parts in this movie, right? Because it was about these boys. But 
I knew a lot of girls who would watch this movie still. And and there are some lines in here and there. Like it took place in 19, what is it, 1962? 1962. And and there was a lot of lines in there. Like, you know, like, uh, this woke culture nowadays, they'd be like, have, they'd be opposed to like, you play ball like a girl. And everybody's like, oh my God. <gasps> How, you know, and, how Hamilton is the biggest racist and sexist I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and they would be like, "Oh my god, like ban this movie, right?" Just like, why? Why is it offensive to like you know play ball? Say that you was, play ball. It's like, okay. That it's was in the early sixties. It was an insult in the sixties. Yeah, right. Totally fine. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like now nowadays, my daughter she wrestles. You know, she's six years old and she's taking up wrestling. And one of the biggest things that we tell her: you fight like a girl. You know, fight like a girl because girls can fight too, right? So yeah. you know things like that, right? I but know. whatever, spirit of the times. We we have come full circle yeah, on co- that. Yeah, yeah, we, we get it. We're like, you know, I but mean, uh, you just you know what we yeah. mean when like when he says you play ball like a girl. That was just a phrase they said in the '60s, and it really just meant like you suck. But okay, so it starts off with Scotty goes. He's new in town. He he meets Benny. Benny introduces everybody else. Now Scotty is useless when it comes to playing Completely baseball. Completely terrible at right. baseball. Can't catch a ball. Can't even throw a fucking ball. Has no right? glove. No glove. But Benny just completely takes him in, even gives him a glove, even gives him a baseball hat. He has that stupid, weird base hat. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah like Bass Pro Shop hat kind of thing. <laughs> like he's going duck hunting or something. So he goes that, and and all the all the kids, they're like, you know, when they first meet him, they're they're like. Um, this is in the early 60s, so they're all still very – their biggest idol is Babe Ruth because they, they didn't they didn't quite have – I mean it was around the time that they had like, you know, Mickey Mantle. They had all these babe, guys Babe already. was the guy. Yeah, Babe was the guy, right? But um, so anyway, when they introduce them, they're like at, hanging out at the local corner store. They're all going. He's like, oh, I'm the great Bambino. And Scotty's like, who's that? And everybody's just like, what did you say? And they're like, oh, the, the, the Sultan of Swat. You know, the king has crashed, man. Like, you know, he's like, oh, oh, I, I thought you were talking about the great Bambi. And they're like, that wimpy deer, you know. And uh, so anyway, like that. And then they go and then some way, hey, would somehow. Disney, would Disney allow that? But they actually, uh, you know, they take him in and they he finally, because Benny works with him, Benny believes in he him. He catches the ball. He, he catches the ball and he throws the ball, right? And he does well. All right, story goes on, and it's a bunch of antics of them playing baseball, and they, they like, you know, they get well, and they, they're spending the summer together. But then it's almost like a whole different movie kicks in. Somebody hit, oh, uh, Ham, he hits a ball over the fence. Yes. And on the other side yes. of the fence, there is a, the Beast. So the Beast is this big dog. It's like presented as this giant creature. That presides just as you know. If you hit a home run over the fence, it's over the neighbors. It's yard. gone. Yeah. Ball's gone. And everybody knows because you played. I'm sure you played ball in your your backyard growing up, or at a park growing up, and there was or at somebody's house. I'm sure there was always that one house. Yeah, like, don't and mess if you with that hit house. it, and if you hit it, you're like, well, it's gone. Right. Sorry, the, the, we don't. No, gone. we don't knock on that door. Right. That so this is kind of like a metaphor for all that too. Yes. And uh, okay, so just kind of kind of kind of to add a little bit. My daughter, I, I finally introduced her to this. She's six years old. They were watching The Sandlot for the very first time. Nice. And and my, my wife's like, do you think she's ready for it? I'm like, I don't know. Let's just try it. Because the one thing that we do with my family is every Friday night, we have family movie night. And that's, I like that, that tradition. That, that, that's just one thing that we're trying to, we're trying to do. And one of, those, one of those nights was The Sandlot. Dude, turns out my daughter loves this movie. How could she not? And, and then... And my wife's like, oh, my God, look at her. Because like, my, my daughter was just like, her eyes were just fixed on the screen the entire time. So there's this uh, like shot where the ball goes over, and they're like, who the hell is the beast? 
And then you see like this massive silhouette of this giant monster on the fence, right? Like you see the silhouette. They do such you a know, great job. My daughter, six years old, she's watching this. She's like, <gasps> she's like, is that a dinosaur? Like they, that's how they sold it in the movie. Like this they massive did, creature. They did a right? really good job of selling how big the beast was. And then when you see him, he's like, oh, oh, the pool, uh, the pool adventure. Yeah, the is pool like a, a wonderful, a wonderful little moment in the Sandlot. And, and it's just like you know. Oh my god, right, and this song comes on, it's like, it's like, what's going on? It's like, yeah, yeah, is there with squints, and they see, like, Wendy Peppercorn coming, Here it is. and then it's like, this right, and then Wendy Peppercorn's walking, and you can see her hips gliding from side to side, and he's like, Wendy Peppercorn, oh. <laughs> you know, and, and so like squints is like the tiniest pipsqueak you can imagine huge with like huge glasses. And Wendy Prefercorn, she is like the town hottie and uh, lifeguard, you know, lifeguard, life, lifeguard. And there's a scene where like squints pretends to like drown so that Wendy couldn't come in and save him. But then she he goes and kisses her and steals a kiss. <coughs> and he has a, an amazing little eyebrow wiggle. Yeah. And so they get banned from the pool the rest of that summer. Things like that. A lot of stuff that, like, a lot of people would, like, could possibly not get away with, like, nowadays in movies. So, anyway, they, they, that happens. But then the next part of the story starts, which goes back to the beast, in that Ham hits a ball over the fence, and they have no more ball to hit. Now, Scotty has a stepfather. Oh, uh, Benny. Benny has the – but before that, they go to uh, – because I, I have it on right here. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I just needed to remember it. But one thing I wanted to mention – is that they go and they eat tobacco. Oh, yeah. That's and they it. all hurl. Yeah. And it's like to this song, too. It's like. Right. Amazing. This is my introduction to the song. Because of this movie. Oh, yeah. A lot of oh. people were introduced to these classics because of this movie, right? So what happens in this scene? So before that, uh, it's like, you know, there's a carnival. And then uh, what's his name? Um, uh, was it a. Uh, uh, down what's his name um bertram right he's like oh get everybody look big chew big league chew or whatever and they're like and scotty's like what's that it's chewing tobacco what do you do with it well you chew it of course and you know so they start chewing tobacco because that's what the baseball players did at the time yes they and did. and then so they're all chewing tobacco but then they get on this one right how do you describe this right it's like one of those things where it's like a where it uses gravity to keep you against the back of your uh, against the back of the wall and around. just spins just you spins, super right? fast. So if you're allergic to movement or if you are super drunk, yeah. you're going to barf. So anyway, keep in mind that these guys had just chewed a bunch of tobacco. Wait, these guys end up barfing like everywhere, right? Pretty funny stuff. That's good stuff. Fast forward. Ben, and, um, Benny knocks a cover off the ball. So that's yeah. what it was. Remember, he hits so oh, hard. Oh, it was an omen. Yeah. It was an omen, right? So then everybody's like, oh, we can't play anymore unless you have 90-something cents. You can't buy another ball. 90 and this, cents. Something, something like that. Scotty has a stepfather played by Dennis Leary, right? Young Dennis Leary. A-S-S-H-O-L-E. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that, that guy. So Dennis Leary. And so the Dennis Leary's character, the dad, has uh, Bill. Bill's his name. He has a whole bunch of baseball memorabilia. Keep in mind that Scotty has no idea who Babe Ruth is, or anybody in baseball for and that And they tease us early in the movie with this whole, right. remember they talk about it, Souls in a Swat, all those things. So he says, hey guys, don't worry, I have another ball. So he runs home and gets a ball off the mantle. And they, they don't say who it is yet, right? So they go and they start playing with it. And then they're like, okay, Scotty, your ball, your bat, you know, you get, you get to hit. 
So Scotty goes and hits the ball and hits it. That's literally his first home run, and he hits it over the fence to where the beast is. And Scotty immediately himself. Yeah, he's like, oh my god! And everybody's god. like, everybody's like, yeah, Scotty, yeah, like, yeah, Smalls, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no, you don't. We gotta get that ball back. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> they're like, no, no, that you ball's don't understand. gone, dude. We got the ball, ball's gone. He's like, you don't understand. My stepfather's gonna kill me. And they're like, why, why? It was signed by somebody special. And they're like, who, who signed that ball, Smalls? Some lady, uh, Ruth, <laughs> baby Ruth. And all the kids are like, baby Ruth. So the rest of the movie. Is them trying to figure out how to get this ball back from Great the beast. Stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. And then the climax. Benny the Jet realizes, because he's generally a good guy. Benny is such a good guy that he realizes, like, man, we need to get that ball back. Or Smalls is dead. So he has a dream where Babe Ruth visits him. Art LaFleur is the actor. And what was, what was the line? Uh, uh, legends never die or something. Yeah, like that. Uh, he- heroes live forever, or something but like legends that. never die, die, I think. Something like that. So the next scene is... We got chills. Where Benny the Jet, and he puts on a pair of sneakers that myself and everybody and their mother wanted. 1,000%. And which, by the way, they brought back for a limited time because of this movie, all black PF Flyers. PF Flyers. PF Flyers, which is kind of like a variation of Converse All-Stars. Yes. Right? So they put them on. Benny the Jet decides that he's going to hop over the fence, seize the ball between him and the beast, runs for it, grabs the ball, beast starts running after him. But guess what? The beast is tied to it like he's like he chained up, but the chain breaks. Benny hops over back over the fence. He's like, oh, yeah, we got the ball. All of a sudden, what happens? The beast jumps over the fence and starts a chase sequence and the beast just chases Benny all over town through the pool through a theater through everywhere right just becomes a chase and and it's just great and, and it's just beautiful and then finally Benny makes it way back through the sandlot over the fence and some way somehow the fence falls on the beast and the beast is hurt and they realize the beast is just a defenseless dog just a, it's just a big dog and they find out who the owner of the dog is. They, they, it turns out it's not a person because there was all these uh, urban legends about who owned the beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like he feeding humans to the beast and all this. And that, that was part of the, the – they gave it a lot of folklore. And they also did a lot of where they gave shots to the beast. Even in like when Squints is telling a story about his dad or grandpa, whoever the hell it was, the police chief. And like even the image of the beast were like this huge animatronic monster. It's like way bigger yeah. than an actual dog. So yeah. they did a really good job of pretending. Really good job at selling it yes. Yes. through the eyes of the child kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And to be honest, like even, you know, and obviously for an adult, you're going to know. But it's like looking back, it's like those are things that I don't care about. Yeah. And I think the filmmakers knew that we wouldn't care about it because it's such a magical movie. With all that said, how did this movie influence your personality your style what you listen to do you feel like this movie helped shape you in any way uh yeah i think it did um especially when it came to playing baseball it got me way more interested in baseball um at that age had some pf flyers um 
I still want some PF flyers. 100%. Yeah, I and still want some. I mean, personality. Let's buy some. Let, let's get to buy we, some. We could. Yeah. Um, like, and personality, I don't know if it affected my personality. I mean, it's hard to say uh, because just so much life has happened since that movie has occurred. I know it's going to be a part of my life forever that it's something I look back on that is that I'll never forget, that is uh, that I'll treasure. And definitely op- taught me who really Babe Ruth was, who... Uh, it's just a fun movie. It may be difficult. Probably want to hang on my friends and play baseball. That's for damn sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I was a little bit older than you when I watched this yeah. movie for the first time, right? So I was at that point where things were starting to get weird for me as far as puberty and, 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 and girls. And uh, like you, I, you start going, I got what you said when yeah, you said weird. Yeah. And then, and then you, you notice other boys attracting all the girls and you were kind of left behind. At least for me, that was my experience. And, and because I was always kind of like a geeky kid. And I uh, was always kind of like just focused on movies and comics and music and all that. And um, yeah, girls love that stuff. Yeah, f- no, not at the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could, no, no, they did no, not. You tell a girl back in the day that you read comic books, man. You you might as well. They might as well just like you know cut your balls off kind of <laughs> thing. But that movie, watching The Sandlot, it made me focus on my innocence. It made me focus on a better time. And and it kind of it kind of brought me back to like transition transition into like puberty and like all that stuff in the sense that like it made me appreciate my youth a lot more reflect on my youth does that make sense no it does for yeah. sure it does and that's uh, what it was and then like because i was a big fan of baseball it kind of made me appreciate baseball more it made me it made me search out like you know i think i started listening to k earth 101 because of it, <laughs> right at the time they were playing oldies not sublime not yet not michael jackson yet unbelievable they were playing I heard, I heard stuff green, from the, green day oh jesus but at the time they were playing stuff from the 50s and 60s yes. all right and and that's what that was that's how that's how that movie was to me to the point where like my jeans i started cuffing my jeans a little bit oh yeah yeah um, I, 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 I don't remember if I dressed like Benny the Jet Rodriguez or if I tried to. I probably did. Um, one thing you didn't mention in your synopsis, which I wanted to cover, is that, you know, the guy who owned the house was James Earl Jones. Yeah. And he was a former baseball player who a happened Yankee, a New York who Yankee. happened to play with Babe Ruth. So, so turns the ball, out the ball was all destroyed, but they had a um, he had a whole cabinet full of memorabilia balls signed by the entire team signed by the Bronx Bombers in 1927 Yankees if you ask any baseball fan or any Yankee fan well I mean Yankee fans nowadays would be like yeah Yankees they live in yeah. New York yeah you know, first like, of all I, no shape or form am I Yankee fan I hate all. the Yankees but that represents a more innocent time in baseball as far as because the Dodgers, as a Dodger fan, the Dodgers were in Brooklyn at the time, and they were one of, like, you know, the three teams in, in, in that era. Like, it was, a, it was the Yankees, it was the New York Giants, the, 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 uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers, right? So it was kind of like a representative of And this era. movie was before Jeter, so before they won the recent championships, before A-Rod. So this was all before any of that Yankee stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a different time. Like, you know, it kind of, it was a more... Like baseball was like grand, grand and like mythological kind of thing, right? It was almost like baseballs, like you know, players were gods. So they were, you know, it was just a different time. And and, and yeah, all this that. is a few years before the uh, home run thing between McGuire and Sosa. Oh, definitely that this 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 actually happened. Three. Well, well, yeah, but this movie took place in sixty two, sixty three, yeah. uh, like sixty two, like like a year after the whole. Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that was 61. Era. Yeah, Did 61. you ever see that movie, 61? I love 61. I that have was, it. I have it on Blu-ray. It's a really good movie. A really good movie. Not a fan of the Yankees, but I love that movie because of what it, what it did at the time. They were all kind of like, it was a Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. They were all already fighting 
over trying to beat uh yeah and maris wanted like no part of it it, it, it was really really good flick yeah so anyway yeah. why don't Okay. What else? We, what else we got on this thing today? All right, the whole thing about passing this movie, because you know, we're I mean, part of the whole mythos of this show is the fact that we are geek dads and that Yo, we're trying to pass this on yes. to our children. We're trying to indoctrinate our children in the way of the geek. This is the way, right? This is the this way. This is the way. Always, so, shout out to the Mandalorian. So I know that you're you just recently became a dad. I think Malcolm is how old now? Malcolm is four and a half months now. Four and a half months old. So how is this a movie that you plan on passing on to Malcolm? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, um, one thing I want to provide for my son is a house, um, and we're we're trying to achieve that because I want that the yard, and I think the yard leads to this kind of stuff. You know, I don't I don't know how many kids play and just neighborhood games anymore um i i don't i don't know I, I guess we'll find out but showing him this movie is something that like look i watched the movie as a kid i want you to watch it because there's a lot of good values in it and it's just an entertaining movie yeah so there's no matter no matter what he's gonna watch it because at some point in my life i'm gonna say you're killing me smalls yeah and um i'm gonna drop some lines with the sandlot and i want him to be able to Understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and one of the things that, you know, I think he should, especially boys, I have two boys. I have uh, twin boys, Max and Finn, right? Mm -hmm. The lesson that we you can learn from Benny the Jet Rodriguez's uh, uh, relationship with, uh, with Smalls is that, like, he goes and takes in this other kid who's kind of like the reject, who's considered useless in whatever activity, and he takes him under his wing, and he nurtures it, and that kid gets good. It's like so, like because something somebody's like uh, you think like lesser ability than you, not to reject that person. That that's a great message, and it's like, just like sports, just like in anything in life, practice makes perfect. You know, at some point, whoever was great at something wasn't great at it, and yeah. they had to work at it. And it just shows that definitely this movie, Scotty Smalls, right? Yeah has a natural progression of the game. Like, he, he goes from total loser who can't play to guy who crushes a home run with and Babe And it built his it. confidence, right? It built his confidence about... And, and the thing is, his all that, his confidence and his ability is as a result of kids, other people taking him in and, and realizing that they too can be good. So, like, just because somebody sucks at something, just, like, don't dismiss them right away. Yeah, and, and even if, like... Not every, but not every kid on that team was a star. I mean, no. it was really just yeah, yeah, and the jet, yeah, and that's really it. Um, um I, I can't remember or, the or Bertrand, um, but yeah, those three guys were like the the, and I guess maybe Ham. Yeah, Ham was a slugger, man. He can hit homers. Yeah, that yeah. was like in the area of like where the fat guy was the home run hitter. But it's not like everybody in that team was a star. So everybody, it it is a good message that befriend your neighbor and that there's nothing wrong with being not being as good as other people at something as long as you have fun doing it and you enjoy it that should then do it there it really is a lot to take away from this movie as far as like you know especially when you're you're young and all that and you kind of there's lessons to be learned from this okay and then unfortunately sometimes you don't learn them right away but subconsciously they do mold you and then it's when you become a grown-up and then you you start a podcast and talk about it that you realize this is the message. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it sometimes it takes a minute, and sometimes it takes a while. And it, you know, 
you just you're you're lucky to be able to make it to this point in your life where you can see this thing that influenced you as a kid and you can take these lessons to influence your children. Yeah, so why don't we um do a little bit of trivia just really quick. This is what I'm I'm very excited about this trivia. Yeah, so let's do a little bit of trivia. And I'm trying I'm trying to base it on stuff that we actually went over here. That's fine. You can even go with stuff we didn't. I just want to see how Okay, here's one. In order to establish the close bond between Smalls and Benny, the director had Tom Guiri, who was Smalls, and Mike Vitar, who played uh, Benny, meet and rehearse together weeks before the rest of the kids showed up to film. It worked so well that the other kids genuinely believed that the two actors had been friends for a long time. Uh, director David Mickey Evans had one clear instruction of a Chauncey Leparty during the pool scene when he kisses Wendy Prefercorn. Chauncey is... Squints, keep your such a weird kid uh, name to have a kid you know, named you Chauncey. And remember how I mentioned how like, he pretended to drown so that Brendy Perfecorn and the lifeguard can save him. The instruction that the director gave him said was, "Keep your tongue in your mouth." <laughs> he probably knew that a kid wanted to go make out with her. Okay, the vomit used in the ride scene was made from split pea soup, baked beans, oatmeal, a little water, and some movie gel. They used paint guns to discharge it, and they actually nailed a few people in real life by accident. The chewing tobacco was made from beef jerky and licorice. Interesting. Uh, Writer-director David Mickey Evans has stated that all all the child actors had such a wonderful summer working on the film to the point that they considered it the greatest summer of their lives. I And that that showed on screen. The ultimate duh. That showed on screen. No, it did. It did. There's a lot of good, really good chemistry in this movie. This movie was shot in 42 days. Damn. Yeah. Normally, it takes about three months to shoot a movie. Wow. Right? Um, Kids, not a lot of adults. (laughs) All of the Sandlot kids. Are are any of these in question form? No. No. Damn. All of the kids, all of the Sandlot kids are wearing PF Flyers or Converse Chuck Taylors throughout the movie. Uh, Brandon, why don't you tell our people, our listeners, what am I wearing right now? Low. Chuck Taylor's black. I have been wearing these goddamn shoes for over 25 years, man. My wife wears not them these, too. Not these, not this specific pair. But I think this is, if you grew up in the Valley, this is kind of like part it, uniform. It was either that or Vans. So just to give you an idea how progressive this movie was, I told you how like, you know, the, one of the main characters and the best guy in the movie was a Hispanic kid, right? Um, the hat that Kenny is wearing is the hat, <coughs> excuse me, is the hat of the Kansas City Monarchs. The Kansas City Monarchs were a Negro League team active from 1920 to 1965. So it's this movie is very progressive. They're talk. They're really. I feel like uh, David Mickey Evans really tried to push the concept that like maybe at that time some of the best players were, you know, people of color. Oh, for sure, that was yeah, the case. That was the case. Yeah. Um, Based off the evidence that we have for the last 45, 50 years, yeah. By For the way, damn sure. while they were filming this movie, many of the young actors snuck into a nearby movie theater to watch Basic Instinct. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Right. Classic, see, uh, classic boys. No, that's it. All right, that's that's it for I think for uh, what kind of dog was um? He was an English Mastiff. An English Mastiff. An English Mastiff. That's what he was. Okay. Yeah. The, oh, Her- here. Um, Hercules how- was his name too. Oh, it turns out that the, it turns out that the beast's name was Hercules. Hercules. How did James Earl Jones go blind? You're quizzing me now. Yeah, I'm just I'm just asking that. High fastball to the head. Right Lights to the head. out. Lights out. 
Snap. Yeah. Just like that. James Earl, I've never heard a sharper snap than James yeah. Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Anything, any sound that comes out of that man is just amazing. Unbelievable. Whether he's snapping his fingers or his beautiful voice. Or breathing. All right. So, all right. So, like I said, I'm, 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 this is definitely one in, in my collection. I've owned in like, I still have it on VHS, by the way. I own it on Blu-ray. I own it on digital. I have. I rent it. This movie is definitely going to stick with me. This is like my It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing, right? This, this is the bit uh, that I included on this that I, I did not tell you about, and I was oh, going to surprise yeah, you. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Let, right? Let me hear. According to Variety.com, Disney Plus is developing, developing a TV series based on The Sandlot. David Mickey Evans, the co-writer and director of the original, is attached to write and executive produce the series. It is set to take place in 1984 and would focus on the children of the original characters. Oh, my God. Viewing party? Yeah. Let's do this. Oh, my gosh. We got this, That man. sounds great. Yeah, it's the same people behind it and so all So this will be 20 years later with their kids. 1984. I'm sensing a little bit of a Stranger Things vibe right here, right? This is a, the 80s are big now. The 80s are huge. Another thing that I want to do is I want to I want to list uh, some other movies that were related to sports. Number one, Rookie of the Year, <laughs> available on Disney Plus. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, The Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks would have been made today. It would be. It would be on. It would be a. Uh... Massive production. Now, that's a movie that I can't wait to show to my daughter. Amazing movie. Uh, the next one is a movie that she loves and we've watched over and over again. This one's from Warner Brothers, though. Little Giants. Little Giants is yeah. by far one of the... That movie means a little more to me than The Sandlot, I think. Because I've seen it more. I, yeah. I just saw it more. This is the reason that I hate the, the, the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, because of that movie. We should do an episode on the Little Giants. I would love to do. Let's a, do it. I all right. Would love to I, do all it. right. Let's, let's plan because for that. Because Becky the Icebox, I can talk about that all day. Spike. Yeah. Another one. This is a. That's another one that kind of goes under people's radars, but I really enjoyed it at the time. If you like Rookie of the Year, if you like the Sandlot, you like all those. Little Big Lee. Little Big Lee was cool. Yeah, you know he in, interesting he, concept. He inherits the Minnesota Twins. From his grandfather or something, and like he's a and he's manager. a manager, yeah, yeah, something like that. It's, it's like still a, a solid four, flick. Fourteen year old manager, yeah, solid flick. Not too bad. Another one that is on right now, available on Disney Plus, Heavyweights. Oh my gosh, Heavyweights! That is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know that movie was written by Judd Apatow. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I I know a lot about that movie. <laughs> I know a ton about it. Like. From Lars, from Ben Stiller, to um, that dude uh, Josh shaving the balloon. Like I've seen that movie so many times. We have to do a podcast. You know, on you it. know, uh, Heavyweights is always a movie that I kind of correlate with uh, Camp Nowhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they went, they called it Fat Camp. So I think we need to do an episode on those two movies, I would like love that. together or something like that. Um, next one, The Big Green. Big Green. I don't Steve Gutenberg. Damn, I don't, I don't remember that one. I'm gonna look it up right now. Look it up right now. Look up the I'm big curious. green. Oh, the big green. I barely, I barely remember this. Which features Ham from the Sandlot as the right, goalie, right dead center. Plus, I watch anything with Steve Gutenberg, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Anything else you would like to add? On? No, no, no. That's it. Um, that it's just a great <laughs> movie. Show your kids if you've already seen it. 
Um, actually, you know, if you've already seen it with your kids, share some stories with us. You know, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. uh, Instagram, whatever, um, and let us know your stories that how your kid was affected by this movie. If they liked it, if they didn't like it, what they could have, what you think that they should do for the series, any of that stuff. Hit us up. All right, so I have a story to share with you. Oh yeah, and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't put it in the outline because I the the way that I wrote in the outline, uh, it says, uh, you know what? Can you um, hold on? I, I I didn't write it on there. Oh, you didn't? No, no. Um, oh, okay. it, it's, it's on the one you emailed me, but it's okay. a story about it, baseball. It, and it says, it says in parentheses, it says Manny will share a funny story that includes the Sandlot, middle school, and porn. I'm sure everyone has a movie, <laughs> a, a story about middle school and porn. So at the time, I had this one VHS player where I would record movies off of HBO. Now, if there was something previously recorded on the tape that I was recorded on, for some reason, the video would record, the new video would record, but the audio from the previous recording would remain. It oh was my. So, it was so strange. Oh, my. Now, I don't know how this happened, but I got a hold of a blank tape. And I recorded the Sandlot because we would watch in middle school. In eighth grade, there was this one class where we would watch movies very often. Oh, God. Now, so, I volunteered to bring in a movie, and we were going to watch The Sandlot. So, what did I do? I, I found some blank tape somewhere in my I don't, house. I don't like I, this. One of my, belong, maybe belong to my dad, I don't know. <laughs> I grabbed the tape, and I recorded The Sandlot. I thought it was cool. I had no idea that this VHS player had this problem. Something about channels. I don't know. Pretty something unique, is, it's some, pretty it, unique flaw. It's, it's something that I learned eventually later on when I got in more into media production. Anyway, I take the tape into class, and we start watching The Sandlot. All of a sudden, 20th Century Fox opens up and everything like that. You see, it's The Sandlot playing on video. Then you hear, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, like all this moaning. Dude. A teacher, Mr. Marshall. I remember this guy. This guy died that semester, by the way. You know, oh, <laughs> I still remember. It. Gets up, he takes the tape out. He's like, "What the hell did you bring us in class, dude?" So we're watching the Sandlot, but the soundtrack was porn. Have you ever asked about that? What, as far as like me getting that tape? No, I mean, like, whose tape was it? I, pff, I don't That's know. what I'm curious about. I, you know, I'm not gonna get into that. All I'm saying is that I grabbed the tape. I recorded the Sandlot. It kept the previous should, soundtrack. Should have worked. Yeah. So it kept the previous soundtrack. So here we are watching, visually watching the Sandlot, but the soundtrack was porn. Oh, my God. You hear this, like, woman probably just get... Oh. And, like, just get, like... Just, like... And then, like... I'm going to have to bleep so much of this out. <laughs> just leave it on, man. Just leave it. Anyway, man. All right. All right, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> to what a terrible story. <laughs> How do people find our show? Well, you can find us by picking up a blank VHS and putting it into Manny's old shitty VHS player. It was a JVC player. Remember JVC? <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah. Um, you can find us um, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and on Google Podcasts. You can also find us on thenerdlot.com. That's, that's right. Our, by that's our website. By finding the Nerdlot, you can find the link to any one of those uh, service providers. Yep. All right, guys. But, you know, Brandon here actually has another podcast that you can tune into. Absolutely. It's called After Hour Sports. You can go check it out. You know, it's me and my buddies talk about sports. I talk about nerd stuff here. The other one is talk about sports there. 
So check it out if you like. That's right. And I know that we're dropping a new episode of The Nerd Lot every uh, Tuesday morning. But if you have nothing going on on Wednesday nights, then you might want to tune into my show. It's called Manny and Lo-Fi. And on that show, it's a live show. I play records. I drink beer. I ramble and all that. And you are able to talk to me throughout the broadcast. So Mixler.com slash Manny and Lo-Fi. Um, every, thank you very much for listening to us. It's been a lot of fun uh, seeing the numbers go up, seeing the reactions, seeing the comments, seeing people like our stuff. So we just want to say thank you to those people who are doing it so far and tell your friends. <laughs> hide your wife, hide your kids. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your kids, tell your wife. Because <laughs> we're trying to come after everybody. Tell your spouse too. Um, tell no, your husband. but you know, that said, you know, man, we, we want to thank our spouses. Well, I want to thank my wife. Brandon wants to thank his wife because, you know, without Absolutely. them, you know, they're holding down the fort while we get to have these hobbies to record these episodes and talk about nerdy ass stuff and all that. So big thank you to my wife, Angelina. Um, yeah, shout out to, to my wife and to, um, to all of our friends and family who've been like putting up with us so far, hopefully we can have you guys for a live show very, very soon. That's right. Guys, and if you are, I know a lot of people already listen to on us on uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify, but I know on Spotify you can't leave a review or a rating, but you can on Apple. So if you do happen to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Give us a rating because that does help us in the algorithm to be able to like you know show up and pop up even better. Absolutely. Um, and review us on Apple and review us on Facebook. But aside from that, I think we're all good to go. That's right. My name is Manny. And my name is Brandon. And you've been listening to The Nerd Lot.